Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, everyone. It's episode 22. Welcome. Welcome. You know what they said, once we got to 20, you're stuck with us, right? Because that's, Jay says there are two um, milestones in podcasting, episode eight and episode 20. And if you get to 20, you're golden. What happens at episode eight? I don't know. It's just a milestone. (laughs) It just shows that you made it to the point most people don't make it to. Right. So put that in your mm-hmm. in your database. I'll okay, write that down. you guys, we have you may have heard just now. <laughs> we have a guest today. Um, we have Anna Cornick, and she is a time management coach. And we're going to actually let her tell us who she is. <laughs> Go for it. Thank you so much. First, thank you so much for inviting me to spend time with y'all today. It's it's been a super fun day. Whenever I walked in the door, I felt like I already knew the two of you just from listening in on your podcasts and following you on social media. So it's an honor to be here with you and to talk with your listeners. So my name is Anna Dearman Cornick, and yes, I am a time management coach. I work primarily with busy professionals, and I help them improve their time management skills in work and life so that they can stop feeling overwhelmed and start spending time on what matters most to them. That's amazing. Very needed in our industry. Super needed in our industry. (laughs) And what's cool is Anna has a podcast called It's About Time. Which I think is like one of the most clever (laughs) podcast names ever. (laughs) I love a good pun. Is that a pun? I guess. Yeah, sure. It's about time. Um, (laughs) um, But Anna, before we are recording her, interviewed us. Yes. So you'll have to tune into her podcast on February 3rd, It's About Time, Mm -hmm. to hear our interview with her. Yes. It went very well. I think it went very well. So fun. It was it was super fun. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. We're so happy. Okay. You what? You want me to go? Yeah. You we're go. just gonna go. Yeah. Okay. Anna, so your podcast just now we're recording this obviously early, but your podcast just started. Yes. It came out with five episodes initially. I listened to several of them. They Thank all you. had amazing topics. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that really stuck out to me that would be most useful for realtors off the get-go because everything you said was useful but the weekly planning session you know realtors know their weeks are all different Mm -hmm. but I would love to hear your take on how to implement that into a career or a business that is not so structured on time like every week is different where how would you use that Sure. And before I dig into weekly planning sessions and what they can look like and how they can specifically be used by you guys that have more flexible schedules, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. Oh, please do. So It's About Time is a podcast about work, life, and balance. And you might have noticed that it's not about work-life balance because I'm not entirely sure that that's a thing. It's not. Yeah. It's more of a juggling tightrope walk of spinning plates. And I I don't want to, I don't know, push a narrative that there's this level of balance that we all should be right. mm-hmm. uh, aspiring to achieve. And that really balance is more of a feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's a feeling that's different for everyone. And you may not know a precise recipe for how to achieve work like that work life balance in your life. But you know when you feel out of whack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know when something's got to give and something's got to change. And, you know, when I look at you know, our lives, when I look at the hustle and bustle of work and family, when it comes down to it, the most important non-renewable resource in our life is time. And our how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, it's all about time. And so that's where the name of the podcast came from. It's about time because literally that's, it's everything. And 
I really have found that without a plan, you're kind of lost. Yeah. You know, you're you're kind of like a, a rudderless sailboat, just kind of floating. Yeah. Life is just <laughs> happening to you. Exactly. And next thing you know, all this time has passed yeah. and you haven't done anything. What did you do with it? And so a weekly planning session, which I talk about in episode four, is one of my top recommendations, which is why I thought it was so important to include right off the bat an episode about a weekly planning session, what it is, and how you can create one yourself. So to give you an overview, a weekly planning session is a time during your week that you stop and you make a bunch of decisions at once. Oh. And it can look different for everyone. Uh, for me, and what I typically recommend is that you take a moment to stop, to look at your calendar mm -hmm. for the week ahead to identify any tough spots in your week, to do meal planning, to do a grocery order, to identify any um, childcare that you might need if you have kids. And then just, like I said, to sit and make a bunch of decisions at once mm -hmm. rather than scattered out across the week. Because mm. the last time that you want to make a decision about what's for dinner is when it's 6.45 and everyone's cranky and hungry. Your weekly planning session is the perfect time right. to get that done. Mm -hmm. And it's especially helpful for folks like you who have more flexible schedules. You know, you you don't exactly have the same set, you know, report to an office, commute there, commute back, nine to five behind a desk. And having that time to really sit and to reflect and to picture what the next week is going to look like will help you step into that week already having identified the worst case scenario, yeah. already having solved problems, and you're much more calm and capable because you've already thought through how mm -hmm. your week can go. That's amazing. I feel like so many people want perfect. Right. They want work-life balance. They want it to look a certain way. They want to have the least amount of stress, but they're stressing themselves yeah. out trying to achieve less right. stress. Right. And then they think like it's supposed to look a certain way. Uh -uh. And then in our industry, it never looks that way. No, no matter how hard we try, it just yeah. doesn't look that way. No. And then it's nice because you, you said, you know, we are flexible, but that doesn't mean um, easygoing and just like right. all the time in the world. Flexible means things can be moved around. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes take flexible to mean like, oh, you're realtors. You make your own schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like clients are demanding. Yeah. And if you have a lot of clients at one time, your flexibility is limited to their demands. Yes. And so how can you how can you have a set schedule? So when it doesn't go perfect, like mm -hmm. say that you look at your week and you make these decisions and then as the days pass, the decisions have to change. Like how do you get through the change without just beating yourself up Yeah, and letting it, it all fall apart. Yeah. So yeah. And losing is, everything. You made your, you had your weekly planning session, you made your perfect plan and you're so excited about the week and then everything starts flexing yes. in your flexible schedule. Yeah. So I love this question. And one thing that you sort of brought up is that sometimes having flexibility is even more difficult than having a structured work schedule mm -hmm. because it's all up to you. Yeah. You're the person who is in charge of wrangling yourself. Mm -hmm. And having that level of autonomy can be really tough for some people. And then <laughs> when everything goes off the rails, yeah. That's when it's so critical to know your priorities. Okay. And to be crystal clear about who you are and what you're working toward. Because whenever you reach that point on Wednesday, when everything is just blown up and you know that, you know, the rest of your week is going to look crazy, you have to be able to know quickly, okay, these are the things that are most important to me. If I have to cut 20 if I have to cut 75% of my, my to-do list for this week, mm -hmm. what are those remaining most important yeah. things? Mm -hmm. And those have to be driven by your goals and your priorities, yeah. which makes setting goals even more important. Right. And then the second piece is to have a reset ritual. Oh. So um, I think it was Alyssa 
did you say in an early episode that sometimes when everything just feels crazy <laughs> that you get in the car and drive? I know where she's going yes, with this. My bridge. She's the bridge driver. Yeah. I drive over the bridge. The bridge driver. The bridge. Yes. So you guys are going to have to, if you haven't it's my listened, reset tool. Yes. If you haven't listened <laughs> to the episode, it was, it's the mindset episode. Yeah. Episode it's number three. Yeah. yeah. Episode three. Where you talk about how when things feel crazy, you get in your car and you drive, you drive across the Baton Rouge bridge. And sometimes you get off at uh, Lobdale or yeah. Port Allen, and sometimes right. you go all the way to Lafayette. Yeah. Now we, we all might not have enough available time to to make a drive to Lafayette and back, but having a reset ritual, having something physical that mm-hmm. you can do to reorient your mental mindset is so key, uh, and that could be. It's so funny. I think the one of the first times that I made this recommendation, I was talking with a physical therapist and a lot of how her day goes is based on how other people in her practice um, manage their time. Right. Okay. And she realized as we were talking that her reset ritual is to go in the supply closet close the door and just take a few deep breaths. Oh, so maybe, works. maybe it's not going for a drive. Maybe for you, it's shutting yourself in a closet and taking a few deep breaths. Maybe it's listening to a pump up song. Uh, do you remember Veronica Corningstone in Anchorman? Oh yes. <laughs> How she would go, power, power. <laughs> so good. Yeah. To psych yourself up. What do you but need yeah, to do? Right? What do you need to? Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask. I like that you brought up the reset ritual because in one of your episodes, you talk about your startup ritual yeah, and your uh, wind yes. down ritual, oh, yeah, and I yeah. thought. Like it was the perfect analogy that you used about taking off the jacket, putting on the cardigan. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Yeah. Rogers. And just like, you know, it's a physical thing mm-hmm. that men- symbolizes what's going on mentally. Right. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. So uh, in episode five, I talk about a few different ways that you can add more structure to your work day. And it really goes beyond work too. But one of those recommendations is to create a startup and a shutdown routine. Mm. So these are basically two routines that serve as the bookends of your day. The startup routine is a series of steps that you take that get you into the right mindset to start working. And on the opposite end, your wind down or your shutdown routine are the steps that you take that help move your mindset from work brain to not work brain. So Mm -hmm. you can be present with your family or your friends or your non-work activities. So you don't continue to mull over and think about things like computer tabs, like refreshing over Mm -hmm. and over again. Okay. I want to jump in here. I, (laughs) because realtors live in the always in work mode. Yeah. Always. All from morning till we shut our eyes at night and probably wake some people up in the middle of the night going, oh, did I get the termite certificate? I don't know. <laughs> so like it's it's all the time. I love the I love the startup and the shutdown ritual. And I have a question about what would you say to what can you do outside of the shutdown ritual when make rules for the things that you're allowed to pop in after that? Because mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm doing my shutdown ritual at 5.30 p.m. and I'm not going to do one single work thing until I start up again in the morning and do my whole ritual. So, I mean, can you hybrid that in some way? Could you have some items that are allowed to be popped in? But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so this is where something that I call a philosophy of technology use comes into play. Um, and it's kind of like you said, it's creating rules for what you're allowed to do. And rules are just another word for creating healthy boundaries for yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, as entrepreneurs, as, as people, because even your listeners who might be in nine to fives, we can't be in work mode all the time. We have to have a time to refresh. We have to have a time to rest because it's during that rest and that time of refreshment that we're able to renew our creativity. Mm-hmm. And if if you're not being creative, if you're not able to solve problems, then you can't be successful in business or in work. So that off time really is so critical. But what I would recommend is, you know, if you if you go that extra mile to create your startup routine and you create that shutdown routine, you know, what are you allowed to do during those off hours? And it's really sitting and thinking okay, what, what is healthy? What is acceptable 
for me and for my family. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it may be completely fine in your life to get yourself to inbox zero while you're watching Real Housewives, you know, in front of the TV in the evenings. Right. And maybe your significant other is totally cool with you having your laptop out. One really neat thing about personality assessments is that I know that my husband's love language is quality time. And so that's made a really big impact on how I spend my time in the evenings. Right. Because I want to be sure that I am there for him in a way that helps him feel that there's quality time. So Mm -hmm. my rules for technology use in the evenings or popping into work are going to be different from someone else's. Yeah. Some really good rules of thumb, though, are to um, stay away from all blue light about two hours before bedtime. And and that's really the only hard and fast rule that I would recommend. But other than that, it's really thinking through, okay, what, what boundaries do I want to create for myself? I worked with a client recently, a coaching client recently. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. So she has a very irregular, unpredictable schedule. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different from being a realtor because yes. she's not necessarily getting calls at 2 a.m. But from week to week, she doesn't necessarily know which day she's working. Right. And she's in graduate school to become a nurse practitioner. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so she's got a lot on her plate right now. She's a newlywed. And so we worked together to define what her philosophy of technology use would be. And she decided, so maybe this is some inspiration for some of your listeners. She decided that she would do no schoolwork after 9 p.m. She would put her phone away at 930 and there would be no phone use in bed. Wow. Because those were things yeah. that she struggled with personally. Mm-hmm. So you really have to know yourself and know which which rules or which boundaries are going to make the most sense for you. It's funny because I do have boundaries with what I'll respond to and mm-hmm. things like that. But what I've noticed lately, and it's something I'm currently evaluating, is I can say I'm not going to answer in this and that. But just seeing it come through mm-hmm. gives triggers that that anxiousness of like, I need to respond. I need to respond. And that's torture. Did right? you know that that's an ancient survival skill? <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. So oh, good. This is like no, it, science. It's completely normal. Okay. It is, I'm not the broken. Way that we're no. <laughs> no, you're not. You're completely normal. It's the okay. way that we're hardwired and our brains just haven't caught up to the level of technology that we have now. So there's this book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Oh my gosh. It's a really great audible listen if you have time in the car or on the commute. But he actually talks about in this book, and gosh, now I'm hoping that I'm referencing the right book, but that during, you know, primitive times, if we didn't immediately respond to social outreach from other members of our tribe, we risked um, being ostracized. Oh, wow. Not like losing them totally. Losing them totally. And so this- It's primal. It is. It's primal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This this itch, that this need that we have to respond instantly, we're hardwired that way. Oh, my gosh. And what sucks is that all of the- app developers, Mm -hmm. like Silicon Valley knows. And they're they're creating programs and they're creating apps and they're creating games that 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 take advantage of that. Yeah. It's making me realize that if I'm doing this to eliminate stress, it's not that I just can't respond. I can't just not respond. I need it away. Yeah. Right. I need it like not in the same room Mm -hmm. as me. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to watch my show with my husband in peace. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because if I see it in the corner of my eye lighting up, it a hundred scenarios run through my brain. And it's like I'm sticking to my boundaries of not answering, but at what price? Now I'm just like stressed. I'm not present mentally because I'm wondering what's going on. Right. But then if you just put it away, you don't even see it. And I'm realizing the last couple of weeks that I'm really needing to just put put it it away. away. Right. I want to say something. I go to lunch with lots of different people, friends, colleagues, whatever. I never like on occasion, I mean, I'll put my phone out, but down. I set it to silent and I have no clue who's contacting me. But sometimes, you know, you need your phone for whatever. It doesn't 
like y'all start small. Don't yeah. say I'm never going to touch technology after 7 That's p.m. It. Yeah. Right. And just say, okay, let's try just going to lunch and not checking my phone the whole time. Did that kill you? No. Okay, great. Maybe tonight you put the phone away 30 minutes early instead of don't yeah. go straight for two hours. Right. <laughs> so here's the thing that I'll say, though, is that different different people require different methods. In her book, Better Than Before, Gretchen Rubin talks about different um, methods for starting and keeping good habits. And one of the things that she recognized is that most people are either abstainers or moderators oh. when it comes to giving things up. So she herself is an abstainer. So when it came to eating healthy, she gave up sugar and never looked back. Like cold turkey. Cold turkey. That's Pro- my husband. Like she gave it up. Tanner can just like he's an extremist. Yeah, he's like all or nothing. All or nothing. So absolutely, and that works are all for him. And that works for him. He can't do this dabble, uh-uh. dabbling in it. So oh. on the other hand, on the other <sighs> side, there are moderators. I'm just loving that there's like science to all these feelings I have. Oh yes, yes. there you go. Okay, so moderators do best whenever they can have like a little bit at a time. So if, okay, if, if you were to tell a moderator, just you know put it away, they would go, they'd go crazy. Mm-hmm. But a moderator would do well regulating, okay, I can look at Instagram for 30 minutes um, before I brush my teeth and that, that'll that be enough. But mm-hmm. they, it's like they've got to have that little bit in order to not go crazy. Everybody's different. And, yes. the, the, and that that's why the most important like thing to figure out, that to figuring out how time management works for you, is to know yourself. Ah, oh. so you mentioned autonomy, <laughs> and I wrote that down to ask you to just talk about it because it may not be a word everybody knows the definition of. Yeah. And I thought it was so important for anybody that's self-employed, a realtor, um, anyone that has to make their own schedule. Can you talk about that? Definitely. Okay. So autonomy is the amount of control that you have over how you spend your time, and. Typically, the the further you are in your career, the more autonomy or the more control you have over how you speak. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. The the further along you are in your career, the more control you have over how you spend your time. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because let's be honest, no one likes to be micromanaged. No. Sometimes having a little bit of structure can can be good, but once we get too much structure, we feel stifled. We feel smothered, we feel just controlled. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one thing that I think is really cool about the two of you is that you're a part of a larger organization. Right. Yeah. And while they may not dictate how you spend your time on a regular basis, you still have um, like community or you still have common goals and you still have some structure there. So you're able to create kind of a a happy medium with these different environments. Um, So can you have too much autonomy? Too much autonomy. Would that get into like control freaks? <laughs> so when I think of too right. much autonomy, that would be like having complete control over how you spend your time. Yes. So we'll never have that. In, you no. don't because your clients control your time. Yeah. But yes, you, you guys yeah. do have the client piece. You be, yes. Because your clients are controlling your time for some portions. So sure. you don't have full autonomy of your time. But the part that isn't designated by a client you do not have a supervisor or a person Tell, yeah. telling you how, what you have to get done, yes. how to structure your day. Yes. If you show up to closing without something, your broker isn't going to like, no. there's nobody It's up to you. You have all the accountability. And that's where I think the level of success comes in. When I was listening to you talk about this, it made me go, I feel like a lot of realtors are missing this piece. And it kind of goes hand in hand with accountability. Mm -hmm. Like, are you holding yourself accountable to do what you know you need to do? Yeah. Like if you set a goal to in January, handwrite letters to every past client and being like, Hey guys, if y'all know anyone that needs to buy or sell a house this year, send them my way. I'd love to have a referral in 2020. Are you going to do it? Like people love to dream and come up with good ideas, but then actually doing it and sticking to it there's nobody there to be like, did you do it? Right, right. 
And well, that's when things get I th- tricky. I think that the whole, a, a lot of realtors get into real estate for a flexible schedule mm-hmm. for their, oh, all that autonomy. I get to do everything I want to do, anything I want to do, but they don't have, <laughs> they, they, but they don't do anything. Right. Or or they try to do everything and so they do nothing well. And I just, that's why I asked about Austin. <laughs> I got a really great question last January at a speaking engagement in Dallas, Fort Worth. A realtor stood up and asked a question about, you know, I am basically in control of my time and I have all of these great ideas for marketing, but I don't, I don't get around to doing them. How would you recommend that I make myself do them. What did you tell her? How do I make myself do things? <laughs> yeah. What's the answer? Well, I told her that, well, first you have to get clear on why you're a realtor in the first place. Okay. Okay. So Purpose. You have to know your why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you need to get clear on what your goals are. So what are you working toward? Okay. Um, And keeping those goals in front of you because if you aren't revisiting your goals on a regular basis out of sight, out of mind, Mm -hmm. you won't, you'll find yourself falling into old patterns and and you won't be working toward what it is you're trying to achieve. Yep. So in addition to knowing your why and knowing your goals, um, I mean, I recommended that she look realistically at her schedule and decide how many hours a week do you want to spend on marketing? Mm -hmm. And you may not spend the same three hours a week or however many hours doing marketing activities. But as long as you get those three hours in somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, think of your schedule not as this like linear thing. Think of it as like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And if you start with the things that are already scheduled, like appointments that are scheduled, meetings that are scheduled, and those don't move, that's when you have to start filling in the blanks. Right. Everything else. Start filling in the blanks with everything else. You know, when am I going to fit in my three hours of marketing? Mm -hmm. And then the last piece is having someone hold you accountable Mm -hmm. because it's so easy for that marketing time to Uh come up in our calendar and to do something that we feel is more important in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then we'll never get around to that marketing time. And I think too, when you were talking about like your purpose and your why, that should be what drives you. Yeah. And a lot of the realtors that get into the industry fail. um, And a lot of the ones that fail I have found they didn't make it because they didn't have to. Mm, mm-hmm. They were either still on their parents' paycheck. Yeah. They had a wealthy spouse or were in survival mode, used to just getting by paycheck to paycheck. That That's just where they were comfortable. Not really comfortable, but that was what they're used, used to. to. They were surviving, not thriving. They were just yeah. surviving. And it's like people, if if you have to, if you're like rock bottom – I have to make this work. All of these things are depending on it. You make it work. right? And I think that when people lose sight of their purpose and their why, it's hard to do all the things that you know you need to do. But then you're just going to live in that that surviving mentality and you're never going to get ahead. It, It reminds me of something that a friend of mine told me a few years ago. He was completely commission based in his job. Wasn't a realtor, but completely commission based in sales. And he was always just getting by, just always getting by. Nothing was ever really growing. And so he downsized his apartment from maybe a one bedroom to a studio. And then all of a sudden he was making even less. Yeah. He was oh. just covering. Still enough, just getting by. Still just getting by. Huh. Because it's as if he he had this mindset where his enough was just covering right. that, that basic and wow. there was no real need for him to do more. So somehow business wasn't as good. Right. That's a good analogy though. Even like, you know, the fish in the fish tank. Yeah. Like yeah. You grow as big as your tank and right. what do you need? And and, it's, right. and he huh. didn't have any real goals. Mm-hmm. There was no, he wasn't working toward anything bigger than just. He just needed to yeah, survive. That's mm-hmm. it. Wow. Okay. I have a question about you're talking about revisiting your goals. Yeah. Do you 
do that every day? Do you do that once a week? Do you put that in your weekly planning session? Like time-wise, yeah. how often are you? And keep in mind, this airs January <laughs> oh, 6th. Yeah, that's what he, January 6th. January 6th. So we're like <laughs> almost a week into the new year. And Everybody we're, is we're just- all about a goal. Yeah. All about, everybody's hard in their goals it right now. because it's setting season. New year, mm-hmm. new you, first yeah. weekend. Well, they're trying to get their time together too. They're going to yeah. be tuned in. Like, how do I do this? Your episode falls at a great time. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. How often? Okay. So I I take time, I guess, to give you the full run of how things work for me is that I take time every December to set goals for the upcoming year. And I look at things in terms of quarters of the year and mm-hmm. the year as a whole. So I know that in order to achieve this for the year, I need to do these activities each quarter. Mm-hmm. And I also make sure to space out the timing of my goals because there's nothing worse than hitting the ground running in January and Mm -hmm. trying to start training for a marathon and start a new diet and open a new business (laughs) and start a podcast. And, oh, let's start trying to have a baby. And let's do do everything because it's 2020. Because we get so excited. Mm -hmm. But that's a real easy way to get completely exhausted and then quit everything. Oh, my gosh. And so I, I make a point to space out the timing of my goals. But I, uh, every month, yeah, I review every, just all of the goals that I've put together mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm on task, to make sure that these goals are still relevant. At the beginning of 2019, I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Oh, okay. I launched a podcast instead. That sounds similar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things change. And I I did spend several months learning all about starting a YouTube channel. And I don't consider that lost or wasted time. No. But things changed. And here you are. Goals changed. And here we are. And good for you for listening to that and knowing, (laughs) well, you know, maybe podcast is what's on the agenda for me right now. So just a reminder that your goals don't have to be written in concrete. Oh, they shouldn't. The last piece, because we've gone from yearly to quarterly to monthly I actually write down my top five goals every day before I open my laptop. Mm-hmm. Like for that day? No. For no, life. Just for your, life. Okay. I think that's awesome. So I, I didn't do it today because I didn't get here and I didn't open my laptop until I got here with you guys. But if I do, I sit down and right now my top goal is I create consistent weekly content. That's oh, a good one. That is good. And so once I am a few months into the podcast and have proven to myself and have confirmed that I am creating consistent weekly content, mm-hmm. I'll knock it off the list. Oh, and then you go on to something else. And then mm-hmm. another goal will be my top focus. Yes. So and having each of those goals front and center every day. That's good. They, they keep me focused. They make me make the right decisions mm-hmm. right in the direction of those goals because I'm revisiting them yep. every day. I mm-hmm. love that. That's amazing. That's really good. And it only takes maybe 30 seconds because I'm like scribbling them down. You know I'm right. easy. Because it's more about the action of revisiting them and physically writing them. Right. Um, and you have to write them down for them to come true. Yeah. 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 You really do. You have to write them down. I've mentioned this before, I think, but my husband's very into like, instead of setting a goal of, you know, 10 million, um, set a goal to handwrite so many cards mm-hmm. or something like that. Like he's very like focus on the tasks and the results come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're saying. Like by having the goal written down, mm-hmm. it, motivates you to do the tasks yes. like the things that don't you don't see immediate benefits from right away but you have to do all these little things if you want to meet the big thing yeah mm-hmm. and that's what's so hard about big goals is that they don't happen overnight they take time they mm-hmm. take consistent action they take dedication they take perseverance when it gets hard mm-hmm. and so if you lose sight of your goals and you don't stay focused on that result that you want it's really easy to just chase something shiny yeah and get completely derailed yep for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah think about that for a minute okay i have i'm just like thinking i have so many things that i want you to talk to us about yeah. but i know we're not going to get to all of them and we might have to have anna episode two because this i'm is, here for it this is very <laughs> yeah. important information but I think one of my biggest time sucks and problems is getting stuck in my email and the constant email refresh and the dealing with whatever's in my email before my goals and before my to-do list and before everything. Like, do you have some tips for email or just 
general setup of your day. Yeah, what about like email, text, like the things we always say that email is like the things that people need from you. Mm-hmm. When somebody needs something, they email you or they text you or whatever. Yeah. But like, what about my to-do list? Right. Yeah. Like, what about what I need? Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So how do you manage <laughs> that? Sure. So, and I, my line of work is different. It's so much different from being a realtor, but I also have to be very cos- cognizant about distractions and letting other people dictate my priorities through email. Yeah. And so the, the, the tips that I give regarding email aren't going to work for everyone. Right. Um, but I would love to hear which of these you think could be applicable to realtor life. Okay. okay let's hear yeah, it. Yeah. We like this. So I never check email first thing in the morning. I, my startup routine does not involve checking email. Okay. That should apply to all realtors. I think so. Because I think it's doable. Checking your email is the easiest way to get completely derailed and to let someone else's priorities dictate your day. So I will not open email until, or I recommend not opening your email until you have written your top five goals, assessed your task list for the week ahead, looked at your calendar for the day and identified your top three priorities. It makes me sad because I know so many people, their alarm clock goes off while they're still in bed. They roll over and they open their email. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me sad because it immediately starts your brain. And then like while you're trying to get your kids ready, you're thinking about that email. Like, yeah. So our office recently had someone come talk about this. So I'm I'm kind of, you know, like in tune. I'm in, in, I'm doing pretty good right now because of this. But they say, like, until you're mentally ready to handle mm-hmm. it, don't check it. Right. Because you can't do anything about it if you're reading it at 7 a.m. Because right now, you have to go get your kids ready or you have to go feed your dog or you have to go take a shower. Like, you can't – there's no point in reading it now it. because you can't do anything yeah. about it. That's yeah. fair. So you have to wait until you're either at your desk, ready to handle whatever it says. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for the moments that you do slip up, I recommend having a really simple flagging system in your email that you can use on your phone and in your inbox. Okay. I use only two flags and I recommend using only two flags, one called action item Mm -hmm. and one called in progress. Okay. I don't know what these are. Uh, Let me tell you about them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So in Gmail, for instance, you can add labels. Yes. Yes. It's kind of like the folder system for Gmail. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can add labels and you can change the color of the labels. And so let's say you slip up and you open your email real quick while you're putting on makeup Mm -hmm. and you see something and you're just like, oh my gosh, I really need to respond to this, but I can't right now, but I don't want to forget about it when I sit down at my computer. So you just add the action item tab, action item label to it. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you get to your laptop, boom, it's there. And you know that that's a priority item. So you don't lose time by sitting down and rescanning everything. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you've dealt with whatever that action item thing is, but you're waiting on a response from someone and you don't want to lose track of that. You want to make sure you follow up. You change it from action item to in progress. Maybe make it yellow so it stands out. And it stays in your inbox. Stays in your inbox. And so whenever you're doing your email time, which I'll get to in a second, you're able to scan and see, okay, these are my action items. I need to take action Something on you these. Have to do. Okay. And these are my in progress. So I'm waiting for a response on these from someone else. Mm-hmm. So those are, again, it keeps it simple. It's not having... 78 different labels and 37 different folders. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. that's when things get complicated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you over organize your organization. Yeah. You end up spending time. Clutter. It's digital yeah. clutter. I had a client once <laughs> who reached out to me on a Sunday and said, You would be so proud of me. I just spent eight hours organizing my email. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, Whoa, eight <laughs> hours. Oh, what a waste. I was so sad. All the things uh-huh. we could do. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's just to say, keep it simple. Right. But I mentioned email time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of having, you know, notifications that are going off constantly and constantly, you know, pulling for your attention, competing for your attention. I recommend turning off email notifications on your phone. Done. Already done. Yeah. Turn off notifications and schedule time in your day that is specifically meant for email time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll ha- there's this really great stat. I'll have to find it for you okay, about good. how much time it takes for modern knowledge workers. So that's like realtors, PR people, just like people who aren't doing 
physical. Okay. Things. Yeah. Modern okay. knowledge workers, how much time it takes them to process new information each day. And oh. I want to say it's like 90 minutes or something Whoa. like that. It's, it's so it, there's a lot of time that needs to be spent categorizing new information that comes in in the form yeah. of, you know, emails and text wow. messages. And so the way that you keep from the way that you stay ahead or stay on top of it is by having scheduled email time. Right. I recommend your scheduled email time following at around 11 o'clock. Okay. Because this is typically after you've been able to knock out your first priority of the day. Okay. Remember, we want to start our day by identifying like our top, you know, one to three priorities. Okay. Knock out your first priority and then you see what the world needs from you. Okay. Hmm. I like that. How long is an appropriate-ish email block, time block. I is would, there? I'd see if you could get through it with 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I'd say I can minutes. do a lot in 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like before we recorded today, you interviewed us, we interviewed you. So we have been recording all day. And I knew before I even pulled up into Katie's house, I was like, I need to clear out my email. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped at Starbucks. I, it literally took me 20 minutes. It wasn't, yeah. long. It, it wasn't long, but now I can start my day. Now, when we finish recording, it's probably going to take me 30 or 40 minutes to clear out because it's been a huge chunk of my day that Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at it, but I'm pretty sure no one will have died. No, I don't think so. No one's going to die. Okay. So how many email blocks would you say are appropriate in our sort of I would recommend two. I would recommend one at around 11 o'clock for 30 to 45 minutes. And then secondarily, I would recommend one near the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It could even be a part of a shutdown routine. Okay. Yes. You know, do one last inbox scan, flag things for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean let me, you know, do all of the things that need to be done in the email. It just means, you know, let me scan, let me pull the action items Mm -hmm. that I need to do. And then Anything time sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. When you talked about your shutdown ritual, mm-hmm. I was like, I need one of those. But then I was like, wait, I kind of have one. Oh, good. Because at night, I before I shut it down, I do clear everything out. Good. I make yeah. sure that anybody that needed something today mm-hmm. is taken care of. And I will not get in the bathtub until... It's just like all cleared out. That, okay. That's and after awesome. I get out the bathtub, I don't want to open my no, computer. Done. I don't want to open it, you know. So again, life is not perfect. And we're not here no, to say like, that. Absolutely not. You know, every day is different. And sometimes you get an offer, a time-sensitive offer late at night. But I also want to encourage the other realtors out there listening and other entrepreneurs out there to be the person that people want to work with mm-hmm. yeah. because you respect their time. Mm-hmm. Don't be the realtor that texts other realtors at eight or nine o'clock at night. Mm-mm. You know, just nobody, right. nobody wants to work with that person. No. You know, it's such a disregard for someone else's time. Yeah. Uh, I, on occasion will get text messages from a client of mine, either early in the morning or late at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it, it, I know, they don't know. They, it's a little bit. I just feel like it's disrespectful in a way, but they don't see it that way. They don't. No. They don't. And if they knew that it was Bob, they would just feel. But that's why it's important to us to let them know that, right. yes. so that they they're aware. They stop, or you could even say, "Hey, I'll is it? I'm, I'll get this for you first thing in the morning." Speaking of making others aware and letting them know, mm-hmm. if you use Gmail, yeah, mm-hmm. Gmail has an add-on. I think it's called that you can download called Boomerang. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So talk about it. Most people know that Boomerang is a like an email add-on that allows you to schedule email to, mm-hmm. to send later. And Outlook, I believe, has delay yep. send built in. But Boomerang allows you to schedule an email to go out later, or you can choose to boomerang an email and have it pop back in your inbox yep. whenever you're ready to deal with it. Uh-huh. But another really cool feature that was recently somewhat recently um, released is called Inbox Pause. Oh. And with Inbox Pause, oh man, you can like press a button to pause your inbox and it will send an auto responder <gasps> to anyone who emails you during that paused time and I have seen this in action with some other entrepreneurs that I know, and uh-huh. their autoresponders are written in such a way that just makes you want to work with them. Ooh. They'll say, you know, like, hi, thank you so much for reaching out. Because my time right now is focused on serving my clients to the best of my ability, I will I pause my inbox. 
until 3 p.m. And like she... It's It's just just letting you know. It lays it all out. You know, my inbox is currently paused. I look forward to reviewing your email at Mm -hmm. 3 p.m. Wow. Um, And then she even explains that, you know, as a, or or you could even say like, as a busy realtor, I do, I do my best to be as present as possible for my clients during the workday. If you are an XYZ, I look forward to, but anyway, you can just, you lay it all out there Uh in that autoresponder and it just... It, it may not work for everyone, but it's a really, it's a really cool option. Well, if you know, exists. like today, when I know that from 930 until two, I'm pretty much have been unavailable today right. and knowing that it's there, that they're getting some kind of response that just lets them know. So they're not wondering where right, you are. But you're not ignoring and them. Honestly, you guys on, on shoot day or recording day could do something like, Hey, I'm spending X time to X time today recording six new episodes. Yeah, like that's fun. Mm -hmm. You can tune in here. here, Yeah, here's the link. That's cool. We should look into that. We should look into that. That was an awesome tip. That was an awesome tip. So one thing that you said in a previous episode of yours, and I wrote it down, is that boundaries help you produce the best work possible. Yeah. Without boundaries, even if you think you're just working, 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 it's probably crappy work. Right. Well, you're yeah. floppy. Run down. You're run down. down. It's not work that you would be super proud of. But yeah. when you actually have boundaries in place, it allows you to operate at full capacity yeah. when you're on your own and you can just be fully engaged yeah. in that. I mean, the law of diminishing returns kicks in. Once you work past a certain number of hours, your work isn't even productive anymore. Right. You're just being fake busy. There was another law you talked about. Yes, with the filling your time, your work time. Yeah, Yeah, what's that one? Parkinson's law. Talk about it. Sure. (laughs) Do do that. (laughs) Yeah, do that. Parkinson's law states that work expands to fill the time allotted. So if you, you remember back in college when you would wait until the last minute to study for a test, Mm -hmm. you would cram at the last minute and make it work. Mm -hmm. But if you It always worked somehow. It always worked somehow because- when you're when you have con- time constraints, you're able to focus on what really matters right. instead of like piddling and messing around mm-hmm. and just wasting time. Um, now it's not exactly healthy or productive or possible in our work lives now that we're right. outside of college to to do that level of cramming. But that's why time blocking is mm-hmm. so critical. And time blocking is literally creating appointments in your schedule to do certain things. Yes, like. If you were to say, oh, I'm creating a time block tomorrow to spend an hour and a half from two o'clock until 3.30 on marketing, Mm -hmm. that you spend that time doing Mm -hmm. marketing, you have a clear start time, you have a clear end time, and you you just get done what you need to get done. Whereas if you don't have boundaries, if you don't create time blocks, if you don't have a schedule, everything just kind of expands. Bands and there's, yeah. there's no start. There's no. You're finish. never caught and up. You're never caught up, yeah. and you, it just <sighs> never feels finished. Yeah. So you're never able to rest, and if you can't rest, then you can't recharge. This is where most creative. realtors live. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is what I witness. I witness it day to day. You can tell just from one cup of coffee how their brain is on the inside. And it seems totally counterintuitive oh, to, man. to do better by working less. Yeah, know, yeah. But it's creating those boundaries that allow you to actually yes. get stuff done. That's oh, awesome. That makes sense. This was <laughs> good. That was really good. Like, jot that down. Mm-hmm. I, do, do you have anything left that we didn't get to? The only thing I have written down, and it kind of goes back to when we were talking about turning off your phone or telling clients to email you or whatnot, is that you said in one of your episodes, setting expectations makes you easier to work with. Yeah. yeah. Because if you respond one night at nine o'clock, but not the next night at nine o'clock, it confuses people. Mm-hmm. They want to know, well, can I text her at night or can I not? Sometimes right. she responds, sometimes she doesn't. And so by setting those expectations of how you communicate best, like mm-hmm. the people that know I communicate best via email – probably love working with me because they're like, I just email her and I get this great response back, you know? I like that. But expectations and boundaries are not career killers. No. They're like career enhancers. Enhancers. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Yeah. And and I think that we just have to help our realtor friends understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're just not, it's hard to, it's hard to think that working less will increase you. Yeah. But it does. It for sure does. I wanted to also say, 
I know that sometimes as realtors, we just kind of blow off some like more traditional type thinking about structuring your workday or time blocking or, you know, time management because, oh, well, we don't get to do that because we don't rule our time. You know, somebody else is ruling us. I think that you can be flexible within what you've given us to work with. So Mm -hmm. like, let's say a weekly planning session. Yeah. Alyssa is already doing this. When she goes to her open house, she plans that next week. So that's awesome. She's at the open house. She, if she's not busy, that's her time when she's doing her weekly planning session. Mm -hmm. Like you guys have to think outside of the box to Mm -hmm. make these things still work within your business. Correct. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, Anna, what else do you think we need to know about time? <laughs> <laughs> because we are out of time. We're out of time. So I think that we don't know what to do now. Yeah, well, we may do a follow-up. We'll have I to know, see. I know. That was, was so much, so much great information. <laughs> and realtors need this. Yes. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you because they can just go listen to all these episodes <laughs> we keep referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, the podcast is called It's About Time. And you can hear it anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, You can head to my podcast page, which is abouttimepodcast.com. And I would love to be Instagram friends. Yes. And my Instagram handle is Anna D, as in dog, Anna D Kornick, K-O-R-N-I-C-K. So I really look forward to getting to know you and chatting with you over there. Yeah, Yeah, help us get our time back. So, (laughs) yes, please. So we end every episode with a toast. Oh, yeah. So we let our guests choose who they would like to toast or cheers to. Yep. Do you have anybody in mind? Yeah. Okay. So I would like to make a toast to my graphic designer. Oh, good. Love it. Sierra of Sierra Designs. Okay. Um, I, I just... You know, when it comes to being in business as as an entrepreneur, as you guys know, it's so critical to have good partners. Yes. And Sierra has been a fantastic partner to me. And about a year ago, I worked with her to um, put together like a branding toolbox. And she helped me pick out colors and fonts and just all this stuff that I would have never been able to come up with myself, but so perfectly captured, you know, who I am and what I stand for. And as a result, I'm able to use those tools in the toolbox to now create graphics Mm. and um, just my own stuff without having to go back to her every time. Love it. Quick and efficient. Yeah. So cheers to Sierra for empowering me with that ability. I love it. And That's awesome. I'm going to look up Sierra because your graphic design is beautiful. (laughs) It is. So great job. Okay. We're literally going to cheers even though you have no Cheers. Cheers, Sierra. Cheers, Sierra. All right, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. You're- oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. I love you. You're so sp- Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.